Hello, and welcome to People of the Pod, brought to you by American Jewish Committee. Each week, we take you beyond the headlines to help you understand what they all mean for America, Israel, and the Jewish people. I'm your host, Manya Brashear-Pashman. This month, AJC set out to mark the five-year anniversary of the Pittsburgh Synagogue shooting at the Tree of Life, with a series of episodes exploring this turning point for the American Jewish community. Our first installment aired October 5th. Two days later, the Jewish people faced another unprecedented deadly anti-Semitic attack, this time in Israel. Synagogues stepped up security, and families tamped down their fears to take their children to Hebrew school or attend Shabbat services. In the second episode of our series, we sat down with Howard and Marnie Feinberg, who paid tribute to their mother, Joyce. In this third installment, we look back at how horror drew people to solidarity. May we see that same solidarity today. We saw hundreds of thousands of people show up, and we saw pictures later after the fact, and videos, and people making speeches, and just so much solidarity. This was captured on the news. It really stands out as one of the most amazing responses to anti-Semitism that we've seen in modern history. On October 27, 2018, Americans witnessed the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in this nation's history. Eleven worshipers inside the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh were murdered just for being Jewish. The senseless slaughter inside a house of worship devastated and shocked American senses because it was simply un-American. But the aftermath of the atrocity became an American moment, when so many people showed up. Showed up with hugs, showed up with flowers, showed up with prayers for their Jewish neighbors. The most visible expression of this came a week after the massacre with the unprecedented turnout of people of all faiths at synagogues across the nation as part of AJC's Show Up for Shabbat campaign. Together, Americans sent a message that hate will not prevail. Everyone wanted to do something and the entire Jewish community mobilized to make this happen. But the understanding, as AJC has always said, that anti-Semitism is not just about the Jewish community. It starts with the Jewish community, but it's a threat to democracy. And the murder of Jews in their religious institution is such a, a breaking, a fracturing of everything that the United States stands for and everything that democratic society stands for. Today, Bell Ueli is the chief advocacy officer for AJC. In 2018, she worked as the chief of staff for then-AJC CEO David Harris. David had spent nearly 20 years counseling European leaders on the rise of anti-Semitism in their midst, calling their attention to violent crimes against Jews when conflict erupted between Israel and their Arab neighbors. Bell was on her way to a nephew's birthday party when she got the call on October 27th about what had happened in Pittsburgh. She remembers sobbing in the car on the phone with colleagues as they all grappled with the reality that whether they were regular shulgoers or had just happened to go to synagogue to celebrate a friend's bar mitzvah that day, it just as easily could have been them. For many, what they needed now was to go to shul and not be afraid, and to see others, not just their own community, but others of all faiths, in the pews alongside them. What they needed most now was to know they were not alone. So they drew up a plan. A couple members of our staff, actually kind of simultaneously, 
came up with a similar idea, which was that we need to, more than anything, rally non-Jews to come and support the Jewish community at this time. And what better time to do that than the following Shabbat? Dubbed hashtag show up for Shabbat, the social media-based campaign called on both Jews and those of other faiths to flock to synagogues that coming Shabbat on the weekend of November 2nd in support of the Pittsburgh Jewish community and all of American Jewry. The response across 80 countries was astounding. The Jewish community welcomed all of Albuquerque to join them tonight for the first Sabbath following the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh. An advocacy group, the American Jewish Committee, started the campaign Show Up for Shabbat. It spread across social media to offer a space for people to grieve for the victims in solidarity. Jews have celebrated Shabbat, the Sabbath, every weekend for thousands of years. But this Shabbat was different. It's very painful, but it's healing. I came because I can't think of anything more important than all people from everywhere joining together and making a big deal about what's happened. Now we're feeling that there's a solidarity, there's a sense that we're all in this together. More than 250 million people spread the message on social media, including celebrities Andy Cohen, Itzhak Perlman, and Mayim Bialik, and politicians Paul Ryan, Kamala Harris, and Sadiq Khan. And hundreds of synagogues across the country and around the world, from Tokyo to Santiago, from London to San Francisco, welcomed people of all faiths into their sanctuaries. Those who walked through the doors included diplomats from dozens of countries, federal, state, and local elected officials, and Christian, Muslim, Hindu clergy. Synagogues across the country reported massive crowds rivaling or exceeding those seen at High Holy Day services. There are some times, I think, before Pittsburgh and before Tree of Life and after where the Jewish community doesn't always feel like we are seen and that we need defense too, whether it comes to anti-Semitism, because Jews are viewed as white or for other reasons, or when it comes to attacks against Israel, we don't feel like our partners are necessarily always there for us, or those many are. And so seeing with such clarity how people were showing up for the Jewish community, we all really needed that. And honestly, society needed that. And to see that, that we will not let this down. I think it shook everyone to their core and not just the Jewish community. That's what struck a chord with people. That could have been me. That could have been hatred towards African-Americans. That could have been hatred towards the Muslim community. Every single community who has a piece of them, an identity that's so strong, resonated with that. We connected with people who showed up that Shabbat five years ago and asked them what the experience meant to them, whether the events of that week altered their perspective on anti-Semitism in America or changed how they show support to their Jewish neighbors. An important part of what we proclaim is love God, love your neighbor, change the world. And so we believe that means we show up for each other. We can't love each other without being present with each other. So we have to be together. We have to show up. Episcopal Bishop of Ohio, Ann Jolly, was serving as the rector of St. Gregory Episcopal Church in Deerfield, Illinois, in October 2018. A former hospital chaplain, she was sitting in her office when she heard the news break that Saturday morning. Her first call was to her friend and colleague, Rabbi Karen Kadar, down the road at the Reformed Temple commonly known as Congregation BJBE. 
Rabbi Kadar had recently preached at St. Gregory, and then Pastor Jolly was scheduled to deliver the guest sermon at BJBE the following Friday night. I called her, and we talked, and we prayed, and I said to Karen, I think probably you need to preach on the Shabbat following the shooting at your temple. And she said, I want you to do it. She said, I think we need to hear your voice and that the congregation needs to hear you. Rabbi Kadar, I think, thought that to hear a voice of someone who is not Jewish saying aloud, we love you, we care for you, we believe we are all created in God's image together, and that means we need to show up for each other. It means we need to be present with each other. That to hear that from someone who was not part of their community might be more powerful, more impactful, and more important for the community here at that time. When Bishop Jolly arrived that following Friday, she did not expect her sudden sense of fear when she encountered armed guards. I didn't realize I was afraid until I walked in the door. And I stopped and had to take a deep breath and realized that I was afraid because I was entering into a space of people who have long been afraid and that I had never had to experience that before in that way. And I wasn't really afraid for my congregation the same way I was for my beloveds in the synagogue, that they had more of a reason to be afraid than I did. And that was all the more reason for me to be there and to be present with them Bishop Jolly credits that night at BJBE for the deep connection that formed with the congregation. In fact, she returned to BJBE many more times to celebrate Shabbat. Precisely a year later, the members of the Jewish congregation showed up at her door after a pumpkin patch at St. Gregory had been destroyed by vandals. There were a bunch of them that came to our patch and we were talking about it and they said, we just wanted to show you that we are supporting you And they were worried that that vandalism had been an act of aggression against us. And I just thought it was kids. And that was a really clear distinction of how our worldviews are different. For them, a vandalism thing would, of course, be something hateful against them. In this case, it was children. It was just teenagers being dumb. But it reinforced that understanding that For them, fear is always in the background because of the violence perpetrated to them again and again and again. It was not a wake-up call that hate existed, but already the hate was being felt. And at the same time, the love with my neighbors was being felt. So I was able to hold on to both emotions. But really, as I look back at these five years, Pittsburgh to Poway to Colleyville to Jersey City, I mean, I can sort of think back to all of these moments. It's here. And we need to both be proudly Jewish and strongly protected. For Rabbi Rachel Ain, the spiritual leader of Sutton Place Synagogue, a conservative synagogue in New York City, the massacre at Tree of Life was not her first encounter with anti-Semitism. She knew it was simmering. A year earlier, almost to the day, vandals had spray-painted swastikas across the entrance of her synagogue on the east side of Manhattan. She knew how powerful it had been to have members of the wider community come support the congregation after that incident. Whether to invite members of the community to show up for Shabbat was never a question in her mind. 
it's not only that I felt supported by my neighbors, um, especially those that weren't Jewish, but more than anything, it was that so many of our congregation members who were not, let's say, Shabbat regulars, felt the importance and the value of showing up for Shabbat, and they knew that they had an address to come to, both physically and spiritually, to place their pain and their needs. That same weekend marked the bar mitzvah celebration of a young man in the congregation. Rabbi Ain wrestled with how to balance the sadness and shock of the prior weekend with the joy and celebration of his milestone. And a few years later, the same young man and his brother stepped up to lead the synagogue's Holocaust Remembrance event, in which teens interviewed the children of Holocaust survivors and shared the stories that have been passed down to them. She wonders if that moving show of solidarity when he was 13 and the formational years that followed had an impact. What I really keep thinking about is how some of our teenagers who at that point were in sixth grade or seventh grade, and now here they are, seniors in high school and freshmen in college, how their teen experience has been shaped by showing up for Shabbat and showing up for shul when bad things have happened. So what I've also tried to do is how do we ensure that our young people's experiences aren't only about the challenges of being Jewish, but the joys of being Jewish. I just remember the massive amount of people that showed up and the diversity of the folks. I mean, I don't think I had seen that many people show up for an evening Shabbat and Road of Shalom and really maybe ever. Pennsylvania State Senator Sharif Street had been in Pittsburgh the day before the shooting at the Tree of Life building. When he heard the news that Saturday morning, he scrambled to find out if his friends and colleagues were okay. He was not oblivious to hatred and its potential to lead to violence. His father had been active in the civil rights movement, and Senator Street had sponsored legislation to curb hate crimes. But he had hoped to get ahead of the trend. This seemed unfathomable. I didn't really contemplate that in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, it was within the realm of reasonable possibility that someone was going to walk into a synagogue and commit such a vicious, horrible act of hate. I didn't see that. Um, I knew that there were times when things like that happened. Uh, but I didn't think, I thought we had moved beyond that stage of anti-Semitism and bigotry. And I was reminded that what my friends, older folks in Black and Jewish community always said, which is we have to remain constantly vigilant because these things have a way of coming back if we're not. And if something like this could happen, I realized there really wasn't much end to just how bad it could get. And so, yeah, I think my commitment to addressing these issues, thinking about them, speaking out. I was always supportive. I'd do what I needed to, but it took on a new level of seriousness to me because the idea that people could be killed because of anti-Semitism in America is not just something of a bygone era, but I realized we were living that era today. Senator Street accompanied a friend to Temple Rodef Shalom in Philadelphia a week later, and he has a few indelible memories from that night. People from every walk of life some people who were, obviously many people were not Jewish, who just wanted to, to express their support and their solidarity. And the look on the faces of people who were members who felt so troubled, so shaken, and to see all the support from people, I think, made people feel like even in this world that seemed so cruel in that moment, that there were many people who were good, who stood with them. And I think a lot of times, 
folks who are doing these kinds of acts of hate and terror want to make folks, in this case, Jewish people, feel isolated and alone. And I think that the service allowed people to recognize you're not alone and that people from all walks of life stand with you and stand against these horrible acts of hate. I think those of us who were, I would say, the under 50 crowd and the younger you got, the more there was a level of shock, found it more disturbing because I guess we were further removed from an era when things like this, when the vicious acts of violence against people for anti-Semitism and racism and other forms of bigotry were more commonplace. People were wanting to make sure that this is not the beginning of a new chapter, but hopefully in our lifetimes we'll remember this as a disturbing outlier, not the beginning of an era. I think what really struck me about it was how simple it was. All we asked people to do was quite literally show up. You didn't have to wave a protest flag. You didn't have to donate money somewhere. You didn't have to go on a march. It was literally just saying, come be with us this evening. You know, we're hurting. And to have that answered so resoundingly was incredibly inspiring. Jennifer Mendelson helped create the DNA Reunion Project at the Center for Jewish History, which uses the power of genetic genealogy to reconnect Holocaust survivors and their children to relatives from whom they were separated. While she did not regularly attend Shabbat services, she and her husband thought it was important to show up at Fulton Street Synagogue in Baltimore on November 2, 2018. I walked in and there's just no way to express what it was like. There were probably 300 people there. And, you know, we normally do a potluck dinner. And I looked and there was, you know, there was no room to put down all the food. There was no prayer books. There were people, you know, just packed in. And I remember seeing the faces of neighbors of ours, non-Jewish neighbors, and I immediately just got so overcome and they just sort of smiled at me. And just to know that they had taken the time on a Friday night just to say, we care and we're here with you, it was unbelievably powerful. Clergy and congregants from across different religious traditions helped light memorial candles for the 11 victims in Pittsburgh, and the congregation sang, we shall overcome. I feel like every time I go back, I remember how nice it feels to be at synagogue. You always think like, oh, it's so much easier to just, you know, sit on your couch with your fuzzy slippers. But it's, you know, it's always nice to be there. And all of the rituals are so familiar, you know, lighting candles and welcoming the Sabbath bride and all of that and the songs. And it reminded me that, you know, I'm not a particularly religious person in terms of practice or ritual but it reminded me that that's where I come from. Those are my people. And it was just very comforting to be in that environment at a time of such tragedy, to just be around familiar sounds and smells and sights and all of that. For Mendelssohn, 2018 had already been fraught and eye-opening, as she had become the target of online anti-Semitism because of a political project on Twitter. As someone who deals with the Holocaust on a daily basis, her shock surprised her. This event sort of crystallized the sense that anti-Semitism was still around and perhaps coming back with a new fearsome edge. It was, you know, a series of events, Charlottesville, this, that in many ways it was very hard to fathom 
<laughs> you spend this much time thinking about the Holocaust and dealing with families shattered by genocide that was, you know, spurned by just hatred. And you think, well, surely this will never happen again because everyone understands and clearly people don't. So it was a very sobering experience to feel threatened again as an American Jew. But show up for Shabbat also crystallized that regardless of ideology, color or creed, most of America stood beside the Jewish community in this moment. The crowd inside that synagogue was exactly the America that my ancestors came to the U.S. to be a part of. You know, they escaped political discrimination in Eastern Europe. And that's really, for me, what it was all about. And to reinforce that that America exists, that helping, kind, inclusive America in the face of this horrific act of violence and hatred was just really the bomb that my soul needed at that moment. This episode is brought to you by AJC. Our producer is Atara Lakritz. Our sound engineer is TK Broderick. You can follow People of the Pod on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and learn more at AJC.org slash People of the Pod. The views and opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect the positions of AJC. You can reach us at peopleofthepod at AJC.org. And if you appreciated this episode, please share it with friends and family and write a review on Apple Podcasts.